Welcome back to uh, Totally Truthful. Today we're here with a special guest, uh, Stephen. You can. What's your? Um, what's the link to your YouTube channel? Is it YouTube.com/slash Stephen McCullough? That's right. Yes. All right. Uh, I'll put a link in the description. Um, but today we're going to be talking about Marvel movies. Um, Yay! Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we're going to do a rundown of, oh, actually, quickly, I wanted to, the other, it might have been last month, but you're missing a part of your stomach. <laughs> yes, I am, the the bit that connects the big squiggly bit to the smaller squiggly <laughs> bit, my appendix. Yes, the useless yeah, bit. That, yeah, that was fun, I'll never be yeah. eating grass again, so, <laughs> what a crime. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do if it's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, luckily enough, I caught it early. Yeah. So, yeah. went into the hospital, they cut me in half, took it out, sewed me back together, <laughs> and now I'm right as rain. Happy days. Yeah, it sounds like you're feeling better. Um, <laughs> what well, uh, let's be honest, I couldn't be feeling worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Um, so, do we want to start with Iron Man? The first Iron Man. Yes, we damn well do because I think that's my favourite Marvel movie still really? yeah why is that? I don't know it's just so good and it start, it kicked everything off for the MCU I don't know there's just something about it that gives me chills every time I watch it I'll be honest it's it, it got me on board yeah because I know there's a lot of people that rightly so love the Marvel movies they came on at a later date. They maybe came on after the first Avengers movie. Yeah. But for me, Iron Man just... There was something about that film. Yeah. And it just really bit me. Yeah. Because I saw the trailers for it. In fact, I grew a Tony Stark beard. Yeah. Before the movie came <laughs> out. And I remember going into work and everyone was like, What the hell is that on your face? You look like an idiot. And I was like, Yeah, you'll not be saying that after May 2008. And they were like, What? I said, yeah, yeah, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Like, it, it looks crazy. It's about this guy that builds a robot suit. And he gets inside the robot suit and he fights crime. It's class. <laughs> and they were going, that, you're mad. It looks terrible. The second I saw the trailer with ACDC pumping in the uh, background, yeah. Australia's own ACDC yeah. pumping in the background, I was like, dude, this looks legit. This looks fantastic. Yeah. And it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it as well, because I loved him from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. I loved him even back in the day whenever he was popping up as the bully in Weird yeah. Science, or, uh, whenever he was US in uh, U.S. Marshals. Yeah, that's a yeah. yeah, Jinx Touch Wood. <laughs> love that film. Love his performance in it. Yeah. Like the bit where Tommy Lee Jones, I think it is, handcuffs him, and he shows him how to pick the handcuffs. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like I love that film. Yeah. Uh, there's also another one that really I loved with Marissa Tomei. I forget the name of it. Uh, it's where they go to Italy and he pretends to be someone who he isn't. Uh, Only you. Yeah. It's oh, what a fantastic yeah. picture. Um, what's the other one I'm forgetting? Shop. Back to School oh, with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. yeah, he plays like the weird punk yeah. sidekick best friend sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've always loved Robert Downey Jr. Show uh, So see. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. of course, yeah, but that came after Did it? Iron Man. I think that was actually his next big role after oh. Iron Man okay. was Sherlock Holmes. Because, oh. like, I remember pointing it out in the cinema. There's a close-up shot of him whenever he goes to see the bad guy in it. I forget his name. 
Yeah. Uh, like there's a super close up of his face, and you can still see the outline of the stubble uh, of his Tony okay. Stark goatee. Yeah. I remember looking at it going like, ah! but um, oh, but yeah. no, yeah, like uh, I I was really bitten by the bug because 2008 was yeah. the year that. Uh, uh, the Indiana Jones movie came out. Oh. It was the year that Kung Fu Panda came out. Yeah. And out of out of everything that everyone was all super hyped about, for me it was Iron Man. Yeah. I remember buying the first Transformers movie. Yeah. And there was a little Easter egg right at the end credits, which had the the, the Iron Man teaser trailer yeah. with the uh, the the Hell Above Water song. Yeah. And I just remember watching that movie all the time and just watching through all the end credits because yeah. you couldn't skip past them no. just to watch yeah. that teaser trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, you're right. Sherlock Holmes came out 2009, so he would have been... 2009, yeah. yeah. They would have been filmed around probably same time, really. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's just such a great movie and it's got so many callbacks and... That it's probably got the best soundtrack of all the Marvel movies as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually learned recently how to say his name, Ramin Jawadi. Oh yeah, I think is yep, I've heard his that name, name is. He does the the music for Game of Thrones now. Yeah, but his soundtrack so good. Yep. Like one of his tracks, I absolutely love is Merchant of Death. I loved it so much. I actually, used it in opening titles <laughs> from a YouTube series for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I do. I really remember that. I remember, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, like Trinkets to Kill a Prince was yeah. another one of uh, a, a, one of the great pieces of score. Yeah. But the actual soundtrack itself with ACDC, the trailers as well, like I've noticed yeah. that uh, John Favreau tends to go for, um, oh God, what are they called? Um, the, the band name's gone completely out of my head, but it, like, oh, what is it? Like, Audio Slave, yeah. Like like he uses Audio Slave a lot because I've noticed yeah. that in the trailer for Cowboys and Aliens, he used Show Me How to Live. He used Coaches for yeah. one of the uh, trailers for Iron Man. Yeah. But yeah, like the the soundtrack was absolutely on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you gotta love ACDC. Uh, who doesn't? That's a good. It's point. mandatory That's if you want to exist as a human being. That is a. Good you've got to love ACDC. Although, like, for Iron Man 2, that's when you're really getting into ACDC yeah. territory. You yeah. have the likes of Thunderstruck and... Uh, what is it? Did they use War Machine? Um, I think so. I think maybe in the trailer, because I, I remember that great bass line whenever the uh, the Hammer Jones were landing Yeah, in the trailer. Did they use that it? Dum, 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 Yeah. Did they use it in that big fight with... Tony and Rhodey and they're fighting no no. I remember with the, the fight in Iron Man 2 at the end there was no score at all it was literally just all of War Machine's guns blazing and the repulsor sounds yeah oh okay that's weird but like in in the uh, the advertising for it, just it was nothing but ACDC. Yeah. But yeah, like as as you were saying, the the very first shot of the movie starts absolute silence, opening up on this Afghanistan yeah. sort of mountain backdrop, and then the second you see the convoy come into focus, yeah, just back in black, just hits you in the yeah. face like a bucket of water. Yeah. Fantastic, because that's how the the trailer started. And I remember thinking that is such a perfect song yeah. for this moment. Yeah. And they used it in the movie. Yeah. And obviously Black Sabbath's Iron Man is the perfect song. Of course. 
Of uh, course, because like you can't make an Iron Man movie without using that track. Absolutely. Um, they, they did use War Machine, but I'm not sure. Oh, War Machine was only used for trailers. You were right. I thought so. And Thunderstruck was only used in the trailers as well. Yeah. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're a uh, great, great band. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd also think one of my uh, all-time favourite Marvel villains appears in, in the first Iron Man, which is Obadiah Stane. Yeah. Jeff Bridges. But... What a fantastic role. Yeah, but... Because I'm a big comic guy. Um, mm-hmm. And he kind of goes crazy for no reason in the movie, which I really hate. Like, Yeah, it just... It, it, it seems like there was more there, but yeah. they just completely removed it yeah. because it would have been nice to have had... Like, obviously, now we've got that technology where you can have Robert Downey Jr. appear in the same useful way that he did in yeah. Likes of Weird Science. Yeah. With, and then you can have um, oh, Michael Douglas yeah. like yeah, a, yeah. appear like he looked in the, in, in the early 90s in yeah. Ant-Man. Wouldn't it have been amazing to have a scene in this first movie, which obviously they couldn't do because of how Marvel Studios began. They didn't exactly have the budget to do it. But it would have been fantastic to have had, instead of those scenes at the start, where you see the the sort of the backstories told through various magazine covers. Yeah. It would have been nice to have actually had those scenes. Yeah. And sort of seen, you know, Obadiah Stane being glad at the fact that Hard Stark's dead. Well, not glad, but you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, finally I can step out from under his shadow. But then along comes Tony. Yeah. And so he, he sort of builds up this resentment to him, but obviously all that was left to be implied and it doesn't exactly come across as too strong in the movie itself, but still yeah. Obadiah Stane played to perfection by Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, did they... I think they did that... They kind of did that magazine thing in one of them, didn't they? Maybe Iron Man 2 or 3, or it might have been... It's a great movie. No, definitely, very much so. A very, very strong movie. Very fun, uh, very exciting, and it was something that I just immediately got on board with. Yeah. I, I had no idea what was about to happen. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that we were going to be getting Guardians of the Galaxy, of all yeah. things, or Ant-Man, or even the Avengers. I had no idea any of that was coming. Because, yeah. like, I'd, I'd, I'd seen the post credit scene with Nick Fury, and I was like... Oh, that's cool. They're going to start referencing Shield, and they're going to start refer- referencing the Avengers and stuff. Like if this goes forward with Iron Man two and stuff, and then Incredible Hulk came along, and I went to see it. And of the Hulk movies released so far, I do prefer it, yeah. but that's like preferring being slapped in the face instead of being punched in the face. Uh, don't. <laughs> I still Mark Ruffalo is obviously the best portrayal of the Hulk oh, easily he's he's the best portrayal of, of both Bruce Banner and the Hulk yeah well like I yeah yeah but in the original Hulk movie from early 2000s or late 90s I can't remember I think it was 2003 I was uh, 2003 yeah, yeah. Ang Lee but Ang Lee did all the mocap for it which is odd wouldn't you get Eric Banner to do it you would have thought so, wouldn't you? Yeah. And you really would. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I, I can sort of imagine that sort of mindset as a director going, well, I could sit here for hours and explain to my actor what movements I want him to make, or, or I could, I could jump into the mocap yeah. suit myself and that's, just, yeah, far away. That's true. 
And I mean, before Iron Man, the only Marvel movies we had were the X Men movies, which are still pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, I, I I grew up and enjoying the X Men movies. Yeah, like I even like the uh, the first class. Yeah, uh, sort of spin off series that we've got now. Uh, Blade, of course, we had oh, that yeah. as well. I really loved the first two Blade movies. Yeah. I was so hyped to see the third one in cinema. Yeah. Sat down and, and it, it was just like, what the hell is this? What did you do? It's got, yeah, Trinity's, <laughs> it, it's weird. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it feels very much like with the first two, they had integrity. And then with the third one, they went, no, but we have to appeal to... To the Spider-Man audience and the X-Men audience. So yeah. come on, let's get Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel in yeah. here and we'll turn it into a, a proper comic book movie and yeah. it'll be fun and awesome. Because they were desperately trying to do the Night Stalkers. They were yeah. trying to release a Night Stalkers movie after that, but obviously, thankfully, that fell yeah. flat in its face. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's got some weird characters, I mean. Yeah. I Although, I, I haven't said that, though. I can't wait for Morbius to show up in the Spider-Man sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I think... What it... Well, talking about Spider-Man, those first two movies are pretty good. Yeah, honestly, Spider-Man 2 is quite possibly one of the most perfect comic book movies I've ever seen released. Yeah. Like, it's... It just... It has it all. Like, it's great acting, great characters, great storyline, awesome yeah. drama, yeah. perfect action sequences, yeah. and a great, fully rounded villain in uh, Alfred Molina's Doc yeah. Ock. Yeah. That is... Yeah, it's pretty good. But then it... It all falls apart with Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Unfortunately so, because... Yeah. Studio... Our best friends in the whole world came along, Sony... Uh, and decided, hey, do you know what? Venom's a popular character. Yeah. Put Venom in it. I don't want to put Venom yeah. in it. Put Venom in it. But I don't want to put Venom in it. I don't like Venom. Venom yeah. came after the era of comic books that I read. I, I want to do stories with Sandman and, and, and the Green Goblin 2 and yeah. different things like that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that, mate, but stick Venom in it, yeah. will you? And I, th- <laughs> I, I still think that if you take Venom out of that movie, it's great like it's it is and it it makes more sense yeah. as a movie yeah because obviously you've like it closes out the trilogy really nicely because you've got Sandman who obviously yeah they retroact pardon me retroactively went back and uh made it out to be that he was the one responsible for Uncle Ben's death yeah spoilers for an 11 year old movie but still <laughs> sorry about that listeners uh <laughs> but you know like they went back and did that so they could give Peter an overarching storyline yeah. throughout those three films where he finally finds peace and he can move on uh, the, uh, and that ties in so nicely with the storyline with Harry yeah. Harry was his best friend he resented him after uh, what happened with the ending of Spider-Man 2 which was set up so perfectly and yeah. they wasted the whole lot of it yeah. by making him lose his memory come yeah. on yeah. shut up that movie should have begun with him uh, attacking uh, Mary Jane and Peter's wedding. That's yeah. how that should have started. And he should have seriously hurt Mary Jane yeah. unintentionally. And Spider-Man should have been out for Harry's blood. Yeah. And the two of them hate each other. And they 
beat the living crap out of each other in the midpoint of the film, right? It's the lowest point of the movie, where the two of them hate each other. Yeah. And Peter does the whole thing where he, maybe accidentally, maybe on purpose, maybe in a fit of rage, causes the scarring on Harry's face. Yeah. And he realizes he's gone too far. He's lost inside the monster he's become. Then at the end, whenever he's having to fight Sand Man, Harry should have made that decision outright to forgive Peter. Yeah. And then help him take down Sandman. And maybe he dies in the process, maybe he doesn't. Yeah. But that's how Spider-Man 3 should have went. Yeah. That would have been perfect. Does the butler still tell Harry that it was the... Um, God, no. <laughs> the glider. Holy God, what were they thinking? I mean, come on, like, James Cromwell, he's a, he's a lovely man, but yeah. he's... Isn't it James Cromwell? I think... Oh, uh, I don't know. Hell plays the butler. Uh, I know he's Bill Paxton's dad. Oh, um... But, like, the, the guy can't yeah. string two words together. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's a, he's 196 years old. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop making him act in movies. Stop making him having to say stupid things like the blade that pierced his body came from his glider. If you knew that, why didn't you tell Harry? John you Paxton. moron! John Paxton. John Paxton, yeah. James like, bless him, lovely gentleman. I'm sure, like, I mean, he he gave he gave the world Bill Paxton. Yeah, that like that instantly makes him a hero in my book. Yeah. but do not give him lines like that in a Spider-Man movie when he's busy crumbling into dust. <laughs> uh, he well, he because Spider-Man Three was 2007. He didn't. He died three, four years afterwards. So I mean. Goodness me! He still had a little. I bit think of it was Spider Man Three that that finished him off. <laughs> I think he, like he he did that movie and he was like, okay, look, I've had a great life. I'm done. That's it. That's the coup de grace now. I can't do any better than that. God, take me now. <laughs> well, it was his <laughs> May last. May he rest movie. in peace. I oh, know he did a movie after <laughs> Spider Man Three in two thousand nine. Yeah, that was just to wash the taste of Spider Man Three over his mouth. Uh, okay, it was called Drag Me to Hell. So you might be right. Christ, I actually saw that movie. Really? Yeah, that's a Sam Raimi film. It is. That, that's actually... Yeah, that, that's the movie he did after uh, Spider-Man 3. So, holy hell. Yeah. Huh. That is a very underrated picture, Drag Me to Hell. Yeah? It's a thriller? Uh, it's a horror. It's uh, an yeah. outright horror. It's um, basically about this old woman that gets annoyed at this young chick about something or other, I forget what it is, but basically the old woman dies and then starts haunting the younger woman and all this like crazy evil dead stuff happens to her. Right. Like she keeps seeing the old woman and then the old woman either vomits on her or something disgusting happens. But the thing that takes the punch out of it is the fact that it's all CGI. So like, if you watch the likes of Evil Dead, like it's practical so it has this real sort of grit to it whenever you see the yeah. gore. But for some reason, for Drag Me to Hell, they all went with CGI. There's this great bit, and it's real Sam Raimi, where the old woman's head gets crushed or something, oh. and like all of her guts and oh. bits of her eyeballs and brains and stuff God. go into the, the the young woman's mouth. Yeah, and it looks like a Scooby Doo cartoon. Oh. If Scooby Doo cartoons had people's heads being crushed and their guts and stuff yeah. flying into yeah. someone's mouth, but it's just. Like, it's disgusting. So, like, when you're sitting with an audience, you expect them to have that reaction of, <laughs> But instead, people were just laughing their heads off because it looks so ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry, we're getting distracted. <laughs> we're not starting to talk about Sam Raimi movies. Huh? Yeah, well, that, that's something else. Um, <laughs> but and I love Topher Grace as an actor in that '70s show. But Eddie, that's not Eddie Brock. That's something else. That is so not what Eddie Brock is. No. Like I can see what they were trying to do. Yeah. Because like for people that had no clue what Venom was, they were trying to go. He's the dark Spider-Man. He's the evil Spider-Man. Yeah. So he's the polar opposite of Peter Parker. Yeah. So let's make Eddie Brock another scrawny nerd who yeah. wants to take photos and be a photographer for the Daily Bugle. Whereas in the comics, Eddie Brock could kill you without the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was still a journalist, wasn't he? I think. I think he was a reporter or something, yeah. Yeah. But Tom Hardy's a much better fit for that. Yeah, it's just a shame the movie is going to be absolutely terrible because it's another piece of Sony tap. <laughs> but Spider-Man Homecoming was Sony, and that was, I think, pretty good. Yeah, but that's because Sony had another helping hand in that, i.e. Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige, True. and people going like, don't put a random dance scene in here, <laughs> or don't have Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy having another bumbling argument that yeah. makes no goddamn sense because the director can't be asked telling them what to do you know here's a decent story this is how you do yeah. the vulture you know and it made more sense yeah. but without Marvel sort of saying no these are our characters we know them we've worked with them for the past 60 plus years yeah this is how they would react in this situation and this is what the audience want to see in this situation instead of Sony going right okay we need to do something with this um, oh stick Venom in there that's uh, a good idea yeah <laughs> yeah um, and what about Michael Keaton as the vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming oh my god oh, he is good god perfect I, I mean like I know with Adrian Toomes he's supposed to be this 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 older man in a bird suit. Yeah. But if you're gonna update it, if you're gonna bring it to the modern day, do it like that. Such a beautiful yeah. choice. Yeah. Like I mean, I don't know if it was if it was special effects or whatever it was, but Michael Keaton looks like the Adrian Toomes from the comic books. Yeah. Sans the white hair. Yeah. Like he's got the same sort of wrinkle pattern yeah. on his face. Yep. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and he's just great in everything he does. Beetlejuice and... I think he's... God, yeah. Multiplicity. I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so bad, but it's so good because he just saves it. He basically... Um, I don't know how much of The Simpsons you've watched. Yeah. But there's like a, there's a Treehouse of Horror episode where Homer gets this um, hammock... And when he, it's like a magic hammock, and when he gets into it, it like spins around and creates two homers. Oh yeah, but like what, like the homer that's created, that that's cloned, is slightly dumber yep. than regular homer. Yeah, that's right. And they keep cloning themselves over and over and over again, and yep. they get stupider and stupider. That's uh, what that's based on is multiplicity. So, um, oh, Michael Keaton's character creates like a a, a clone of himself, but the clone's slightly dumber. And then the clone okay. goes, oh, I can't keep up all this work. I'll create a clone of myself. So he creates a third version of Michael Keaton, who's even dumber. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah. That's a Harold Ramis movie. Good God. Even I didn't know that. Uh, and he's... It was great, but... Rest his soul. Yeah, Harold... 
Hal Ramis was great in the seventies and eighties and arguably the nineties. Yeah, but after that, he kind of yeah. went off the boil. I think his last picture was Year One, which was that god awful laugh free festival with um, Jack. I don't know that boring twat that's trying oh, to be yeah. uh, Jack Black, and uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Marcus and Sarah. and also and also the uh, the funnier half of Tenacious D. Yeah. But my God, that movie yeah, sucks. Yeah, that is. But yeah, like classic uh, Harold Ramis. Like that's I think it, I could sit here and talk about Harold Ramis in a completely separate podcast. Yeah. From this one, like uh, there's just so much that the guy wrote and was responsible for that basically formed who I am as a person yeah. today. Caddyshack and Back to School, Animal House. Yeah. He wrote that. Um, uh, Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, absolute classic picture. The national couple of National Lampoons. Yeah, and of course uh, the obvious ones as well. Yes, we will not mention those. <laughs> no, we won't because Sony. Yes, make believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone go and buy a Sony TV, will you? Because we need to convince them make electronics, not movies. Yes, and 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 <laughs> playstations. You can. Yeah, keep making your playstations. I'm currently listening or uh, using. A Sony branded PlayStation 4 microphone and headset for this. So Ooh. there you go. There's my plug for Sony. <laughs> awesome technology, crap films. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think those Spider Man movies also have a perfect piece of casting in J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Oh! You, you won't be able to get that ever again. There's a reason why J.K. or uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Is never has never been in a Spider-Man movie since the Raimi trilogy, and that's why. Yeah, because J.K. Simmons absolutely nailed yep. him. He, I think, like, I mean, I, re- I remember watching the uh, the '60s Spider-Man cartoon back in the day. It was been repeated on TV when I was growing up. Yep. and J. John Jameson had this sort of Skeletor type voice where oh, he, he sort of went, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I always remember watching that going. No, no, J. J. Jones Jimson doesn't sound like that. He sounds like J.K. Simmons <laughs> on a bender after a crazy weekend. Like that's what he sounds like. Bring me pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Parker, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> meat. I'll get you some nice Christmas meat. <laughs> <laughs> How much was the price of oh, that my... goose, little boy? <laughs> Oh, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, man, it, it was so perfect. Like, I was so gutted when he went over to the dark side. When he went to DC. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he played a decent enough, Commissioner Gordon. But yeah, but Jesus, mate. Like, your natural calling is J.K. Or is yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. It's even in your name. J. Yeah. J. Like, you, you've got the sound to like. Like, I mean, he's J.J., <laughs> but his real name's J.K. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And what was his middle name's LOL? <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's JK LOL Simmons. God, <laughs> I wish. Um, and what was up? Like, he got really buff for Justice League and he wears a trench coat the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think that's just mandatory for all Zack Snyder movies. Yeah. Okay, you have to be buff, you have to be hitting the gym eight hours a day, seven days a week. But I'm just playing a fat guy in a basement I don't care there are no fat guys in basements in my movies you will be a fit buff son of a bitch of a nerd (laughs) okay (laughs) and then Ben Affleck sitting there but you're gonna so like 
you're going to put friggin' abs on this suit anyway, so why do I have to get fit? <laughs> I just want to see. Oh, Ben Affleck was seriously off his game. Yeah. Like, filming Justice League. Like, that scene where he's just in that little room off the back cave and he's having a conversation with Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. He's took off the cape and the cowl. Like, dude, yeah. you can see his, um, his girdles, yeah. like, fighting with his stomach <laughs> to keep it in. He just wants to eat food. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, after Batman v Superman, I'm surprised he didn't eat himself into a coma. Oh, God. I could see him doing it, though. I gained about six stone after watching Batman v Superman. <laughs> I think I gained... Like, I, was, I, just, I, had to, I had to sit and eat comfort food yeah. for about two weeks. I was just like, <laughs> they've ruined it. They've ruined the death of Superman. They took it and they pissed it away. <laughs> To be fair, though, the death of Superman's kind of stupid anyway. Like, he was dead for not that long, and then it's like... But he never died, really. He's still... I know, but still, I'd I'd love to see that series done properly on the big screen. Like, I mean, I know they did Superman Doomsday and everything, but still, come on. Yeah. I I think those animated movies are far better than the live-action ones. Oh, God, yeah. Um, But I think... I think Michael Keaton's my favourite Batman. Yeah. No, like, I absolutely love him as Batman. Yeah. Because he was that sort of choice where at the time people were going, Really? Yeah. You want this yeah. guy? Like, the the comedy actor. Yeah. Oh, God, this is going to be like the Adam West series all over again. Because uh, for one sort of brief moment, I think they were considering Bill Murray as Batman. Yeah, that's right, they were. Which would have been weird in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. But, yeah, Michael Keaton, god damn, he shocked the world with that Batman yeah. performance. And that's what he's known for, other than Beetlejuice, I guess, and maybe, Mis- yeah. maybe Mr. Mom, but that's... Well, yeah, I, th- I, I think that's what everyone was worried about whenever they heard the casting announcement. They were like... Because I think he just like finished Mr. Mom whenever he was announced as Batman. Yeah. So I think everyone was going like, really? Mr. Mom's going to be Batman? Mr. Mom was 83 and then Batman was 89 so it was six year difference. So he... Oh, right, okay. So he was already... But I think like before Batman I think like Mr. Mom was the thing that yeah. he, he, was, yeah. he was most known for. But yeah, like he absolutely shocked the world. Great performance as uh, yeah. like Batman as Bruce Wayne... Like he he sort of did it to an extent the yeah. way that Christian Bale kind of nailed it, yeah. which is the, the, there's like three versions of the same person. Yeah. There's the Batman persona, which he that's his natural persona. There's the Bruce Wayne persona, yeah, and then there's the public Bruce Wayne persona, yeah, where he's sort of seen as this bumbling idiot, yeah. Uh, but obviously Christian Bale. I took that and nailed it yeah. with uh, Batman. Like one of my favorite scenes in Batman Begins. It's kind of heartbreaking to the point where I, I feel compelled to skip over it. But it's the scene where he finds out that who Raz Al Ghul really is, and then yeah. he sort of goes into drunk, like party boy Bruce Wayne mode, and goes yeah. like, "Everybody, everyone, get the hell out of my house! I hate you all." He's like a forty-year-old woman yeah. on gin. You yeah. know, he's just, he's just like, "Get here, everyone! Go to the house, praise over." You know, and it's 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 just an absolute testimony to his acting yeah. skills and the writing as well. Yeah, that he can get away with that. But I think that's something they never really got the chance to take advantage of with Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, 
and those the original Batman movies also are a lot more comic-y and they've got they don't have that super dark element that the Christian Bale ones did yeah I mean they, they do have dark elements yeah. but it's very deliberate yeah. it's very gothic it's very noir yeah you know, like that's sort of what Tim Burton was paying yeah. homage to whenever he made those those movies. Well, especially the second one, Batman yeah. Returns. That's a Tim Burton movie yeah. that just so happens to have Batman in. Yeah. But with with the '89 version, it is very much that. It's, I don't know, like it's 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 futurist noir. Yeah. I suppose you could call it because it it's shot like a 1940s gangster movie. Yeah, you know, you have the, the the main bad guy and the goons, but everything's all hyper realistic. Yeah, like it gets to the point where you have the end of the movie, the Joker pulls out a revolver from his trousers, and like the barrel keeps going and going and going, and he shoots down um, the Batwing with it. Yeah, you know, and, and this is a movie that starts off with him as someone who's sleeping with the gangster's mall, I think, um, as Jack Napier. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, like it's it's such a bizarre picture, but it's just somehow it works. Yeah. But yeah, with the with the Nolan trilogy, it's it, it is very much real world, real rules sort of yeah. environment where yeah. it's just like everything is sort of comic book and yeah. and sort of hyper extended, but it's done so within the confines of this is actually believable. Yeah. I mean, he's just like a- what what attracted me to Batman Begins. Because I was sort of done with Batman for a long time, yeah. like after um, the the certain thing that hit the fan that was Batman and Robin. Yeah. But uh, like I'd, I'd heard everything about the new Batman movie coming out, and it's like, oh, the the new Batmobile flies and everything. Like it's a two seater, but it converts to a three seater whenever it flies. And oh my god, there's an explosion at the top of a mountain that's really blurry, taken by a photographer chancing it. A, phot- a, phot- a photography journalist chancing his arm trying to get a photo of that just right and you see like Liam Neeson and Christian Bale stunt doubles fall out of this burning building and slide down a cliff yeah. and I just remember looking at it all going like I'm so done with Batman yep. but then I saw the trailers and the one thing that actually really got me on board was the Batmobile yeah. because it looked so awesome I immediately went out and bought the toy <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is so cool. Like seeing that shot where it, it does the jump over the cliff and, and ends up going through the waterfall yep. into the Batmobile yep. or into the Batcave. I was like, oh my god, that is so yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's... yeah, that's that's what sort of brought me back to yep. the Nolan trilogy. But yeah, so comic book movies before Iron Man were the, 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 they were sort of like your uncle trying to explain a Japanese anime to you. <laughs> You know, like they were sort of like, yeah, these are like these are the X Men. They're comic book characters, uh, yeah. but they're the X Men. Look yeah. at them; they've got superpowers, but they're all dark and mysterious. Yeah. And and like, there's a bit of cheese going on there, but it's like everything's shot really grey, and yeah. and they don't let the X Men wear their big colorful suits like they do in the cartoon yeah. or in the comic but books. I think, like, I think that was a smart move though because those suits are still cool they're not comic accurate but they're yeah they're they're cool but like if you think about it now in this day and age you've got the avengers true which has a dude dressed up like the american flag a dude in a robot suit 
a girl wearing an X-Men costume from the early two thousands. Uh, you've got a guy with a bow and arrow. You've got a big green rage monster, and you've got a a, a weird Viking god yeah. with a hammer that can summon lightning. Sure. Imagine that trying to get made in the early two thousands. Sure. Wouldn't happen now. <laughs> yeah. So I think, but with this day and age now, like it's, especially if the uh, the Fox and Disney deal goes through, yeah. and we see the X Men in the MCU, yeah. I think now we're going to see them wearing those outfits because yeah. even like X Men Apocalypse, yeah. kind of tried it. Yeah. Where at the end they finally had X Men wearing something similar to what they wore in the comics, yeah. giving us the fanboy moment after yeah. what well, eighteen odd years. They did that in First Class as well, didn't they? They had at the very end. They had the. Yeah, that, they had the yellow suits. Yeah, which were were sort of all right. And then, of course, you had the moment at the end whenever Magneto goes to break out Emma Frost, and he's wearing the classic sort of purple Magneto costume. Yeah, which we never really get to see again. No, and we never see it. Well, we do see it from the front for like a brief couple of seconds, and it yeah. looks awesome. And it's like, oh my god, that's so cool! But then it's just kind of like pandered and thrown away. Yeah. And, and about the Fox Disney deal, keep Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Hugh Jackman's done with it. I but I think if, he just, if they could, I think. And considering that Wolverine is in the comics is only five seven, and Hugh Jackman's like six three, I think he makes up for the bulk in his size anyway. Like he doesn't need to get as big as he does. Yeah. Like, obviously he'll stay fit because that's just his nature, but he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be a human Hulk. No, no, definitely not. I mean, like he kind of pushed it to the limit with uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. Were you looking at him going like, dude? Yeah. I've never seen a man look so vascular. <laughs> yeah, like that. That is unhealthy. I can literally see the blood going through your veins, going. Yeah, and I'm but like, holy hell, he does it so well. I mean, he turns fifty in October of this year. I mean, unbelievable. He's he's a he's a monster. Like, I mean, if I had my way, he'd be playing Wolverine well into his old man years. Yeah. Like, never mind Logan. Yeah, I will give you a proper old man Logan yeah. movie with real old Hugh Jackman. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he'll be walking about on a Zimmer frame. And crutches, <laughs> going like, "Hey, bub, what's going on?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> immediately cuts to a stunt double in their twenties doing all the backflips and jumps yep. from behind. You know, and then just and it cuts back to old man Logan, just like Hugh Jackman, just doing a little bit of a slow jump, as if to <laughs> indicate that he's just jumped down from a building, going, "Yeah, now that I've stabbed all those guys in the head, I'm gonna smoke a cigar." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And his claws have some sort of weird erectile dysfunction, so they don't <laughs> they don't stick out straight. Yeah, no, he can only get them half out. Yeah, <laughs> and they're kind of missing some of the metal. You can see the bone poking through. Oh god, yeah, yeah, he had to have his tips cut off because it was unhygienic to keep. Them. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, oh, and there was Ghost Rider, which I don't know if. So. Oh. Good Christ! Nick. Although, in all fairness, starred Rebel Wilson, so there's Did another it? yay for Australia. Yeah, she's the um, the the punk sort of 
nerd chick that he saves from either it was a murderer or a rapist. <gasps> I forget, but like, there's the bit um, where she's being interviewed on the news. Yeah, like she's completely unrecognizable, but like it yeah. is her. You're right. It just says Rebel Wilson, girl in alley. Girl in alley. Yes, that- victim. <laughs> yeah. Potential but, potential victim number four. Yeah. What about the sheer greatness that is Nicolas Cage? Oh, my God. <laughs> there is a video on YouTube that's got 4 million views, and 3,999,999 of them are me clicking the God. repeat button. It's uh, the madness of Nicolas Cage. Oh, God. I don't even... I think it's called... An, it, oh, no, it's called Nicolas Cage Loses His Shit. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's one of the best videos I've ever seen because it's a compilation of Nicolas Cage losing his mind. All the way from yeah. Vampire's Kiss up through Ghost Rider, Bad Lieutenant and everything like that. Uh, yeah. And obviously the Wicker Man remake. Yeah. It's craziness and I love it. It's just Nicolas Cage going mad. Not the bees. Out of my eyes! <laughs> <laughs> Vampire's Kiss is such a weird movie. It's like the director pushed him into I that. love it, though. It's like the director pushed him into that bathroom and he's like, now, you're turning into a vampire. And he's like, oh, my God, I think I'm turning into a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, Nicholas, this is a really important shot. And I need you to convey the emotion of this. Can you do that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think I can try. Okay, Nicholas, in this shot, I need you to tell your therapist that you know how to file documents. Okay? This is so important. You have to convey that. Okay, I'll try. Okay, and action. I never misfiled anything! Not one goddamn thing, I swear! A, B, C, D, E, F, G! (laughs) God. Oh. He's just... Is he even human? Unbelievable. Jack Nicholson would have been a much better ghostwriter. Oh my god, yeah. Set in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. How good would that have been? Because the ghostwriter's immortal, isn't he? So it's... Well, imagine if they'd made it with 70s Jack Nicholson. Well, I think Jack Nicholson hasn't really changed at all <laughs> since... Well, I mean, he's... He's, I mean, like, like physically, age-wise, like he's yeah. he's changed a lot. Yeah. But yeah, oh my god, he hasn't done a movie for like seven years. No, I think that's pretty much him retired. Yeah. Like he's 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 in that sort of limbo retirement now, where he's like, yeah, I'll do a movie if I feel like it, but yeah. I don't need to do movies anymore. But if he if he does a movie, he's gonna really phone it in, and he's gonna. Jack Nicholson all the way and just yeah Jack smiles all the time even if it's a very serious scene and yeah but like Jack Nicholson's kind of got that Harrison Ford thing going on now with his face except Harrison Ford has it going on vertically where like if you took a a picture of Harrison Ford now and put a piece of paper over one half of his face it looks like he's frowning but if you put it over the other half of his face it looks like he's smiling Jack Nicholson has that horizontally so like if you put a piece of paper across his face just above his nose like it looks like he's smiling but if you put it across his mouth it looks like like he wants to murder you slowly it's the eyebrows (laughs) it is he's got attack eyebrows he's got demon eyebrows Peter Capaldi eyebrows 
Pretty much, yeah, yeah. He's got Scottish eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. So I was after uh, after Iron Man. It was the Incredible Hulk, which was it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get back on track yeah. after about forty minutes of chatting yeah. about mindless movies, yeah, uh, it was the Incredible Hulk, which I remember going to see on my own in the cinema because no one wanted to watch it. Yeah, like I'd seen clips of it online. I well, not online because I don't even think I had internet in two thousand and eight. I'd seen all clips of it on TV, uh, and I remember looking at it, going like, "Yeah, go on then, I'll give it a shot." I want to go see it. No, we want to go see Indiana Jones because that looks amazing. Um, <laughs> I ended up seeing that movie on my own as well. Bloody hell! Oh. I had a very lonely two thousand and eight. Uh, I can just imagine like people that take the tickets at my cinema just going, oh, here he comes again. <laughs> that scrawny kid with the spiky hair coming in to watch movies on his own. That poor, poor guy. <laughs> Thinking he's Robert Downey Jr. with that beard. Yeah, oh, well, in 2008, I, I had this horrible beard because yeah. I couldn't grow a beard uh, properly at that point. So, like, it, it was there, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's not like it is today where yeah. it's, like, the full proper chin strap. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I came in with this ridiculous face fuzz <laughs> that was roughly shaped into a goatee <laughs> and spiky David Tennant-style hair. Yep. Oh, God. And you've kept that <laughs> style ever since. Yes, I well, briefly, yeah. I, I I dabbled with the idea of going of having an argument with my barber and just letting my hair grow out, and I tried to do the Wolverine mutton chop thing, but I liked the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. goatee, so I mixed the two, and the yeah. result was just awful. Yeah, it was terrible. I did not look good, <laughs> especially when I started my YouTube career. I looked like an, a like a genuine dork. <laughs> Like I like I like I, like everyone at the time had this lovely long hair that you know flowed in the wind and it sat perfectly and it was windswept and interesting and I went I'm going to get in on that and I grew my hair out and it was basically an afro it was a disgusting horrible affair where it was thick and clumpy and you could try and straighten it but it just looked like the back of Darth Vader's helmet. <laughs> I looked like a. Do you like the, the toys you get of Mr. Potato Head? Yeah. And like they're, they're styled, so you get ones that are like Doctor Who yeah, style, yeah, yeah. and you get ones that are Star Wars styled. Yeah. My face looked like a Mr. Potato Head wearing just the top part of Darth Vader's helmet. <laughs> and a crappy Wolverine mutton chop Iron Man goatee thing going on. Oh, God. The hell was I thinking? I can imagine it. Good God. <laughs> Oh. Never again. Like uh, that's why my hair's been so short ever since yep. because I have permanent reminders online. Yeah. Like when I watch my older videos, I actively cringe. I cringe so hard I almost snap in half, <laughs> right at the torso, like an action figure, just bang. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Incredible Hulk was all right. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> um, uh, and then Thor. I mean, like it's it's not it's it's not essential. Yeah, no. As a as a Marvel movie to watch back again because. They kind of do this clever thing where they sort of reboot the Hulk for the Avengers. Yeah. So, because obviously he's not even played by Edward Norton anymore. Yeah. And I think their original idea for the Avengers was scrapped completely. Or it was tooled and changed in part. Because at the end of The Incredible Hulk, you have um, William Hurt's character, yeah. General Ross, in the bar, drinking that weird green whiskey, whatever the hell that was. Yeah. And then in walks 
Tony Stark, Robert Downey yeah. Jr., and says, "Oh yeah, what about that whole thing with the abomination?" Yeah, well, what about it, Stark? <laughs> uh, well, we're putting a team together, <laughs> and yeah. it's like it's just sort of left there, and you're like, "Oh, so he's going to work with General Ross and." what is he going to do use the abomination or something or try and stop the Hulk or whatever it is because I think the idea and the way it's set up at the end of Incredible Hulk is that he now wants to transform into the Hulk yeah yeah because he does the whole meditation thing yeah and his eyes open and they're green and it's sort of indicating that he's he's going to transform but nothing ever comes of it because whenever we meet him in Avengers again most of that plots out the window in fact we don't even see General Ross again until Civil War and Betty has just not been yeah. mentioned yeah yep and they might have been going because General Thunderbolt Ross is the Red Hulk S- yeah so they might have wanted to go down that road uh, I don't know but who knows man honestly because th- there's this whole big um, horrible twisted affair when it comes to the Incredible Hulk movie because it's Universal that released it yep and I think they still own the rights yep. to the Hulk yep. or something like that. So they can have Hulk in the Marvel movies as much as they like. They just can't make a, a movie called The Hulk. Yeah. Wh- Which is, again, a blessing in disguise because the Hulk, I think, works best whenever he's interacting with these other yeah. characters. And they Because if you look at the likes of uh, the Avengers, even the Age of Ultron... Yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and Thor... Thor Ragnarok specifically, yeah. like he works well yeah. as part of a tag team duo. Because yeah. if he's on his own, there's nobody to keep him in control, and yeah, there's there's no real plot either. Yeah. It's basically smash. big monster go smash, yeah. and then another big monster go smash. So this big green monster has to go smash that other monster. The end. And I, and I think Thor Ragnarok complements that in the way that he's got he's got Chris Hemsworth to bounce off of and work with and and even um oh god uh yeah absolutely it, yeah. was it Rosario Dawson oh no um oh god what do you, what do you call it Valkyrie Tessa Thompson Tessa Thompson yeah that's right Rosario Dawson is uh, night nurse um and uh, obviously Tom Hiddleston as Loki, as possibly the now the second greatest villain in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, after uh, Thanos. After Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then, after the Incredible Hulk, Thor and Captain America: The First Avenger came out the same year, didn't they? Two thousand eleven. Yeah, they both came out in two thousand eleven. Yeah. Uh, we had Iron Man 2 in 2010, um, which was basically a two-and-a-half-hour trailer for the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like it, it's, it's weird, because we were talking about Spider-Man 3 there, and it's like, oh, Venom was shoehorned in, and if you take Venom out, you've got a good movie. Yeah. I think the same thing roughly applies with Iron Man 2, because they were sort of... They were desperate at that point yeah. for the Avengers to pay off. And they shoved Black Widow So, like, in. okay... Well, uh, we'll we'll fast track Iron Man too because it was it was two it was, yeah it was two years after the first Iron Man came out yep. that Iron Man two came out 
And you could tell with Iron Man 2, John Favreau, the director, didn't really want to be there. Yeah. Um, they made poor choices with Whiplash. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, basically, the script need, needed another rewrite from the start. Justin Hammer was wasted as well. Yeah. Um, and not only that, Sam Rockwell was wasted as Justin Hammer. Yeah. Because like, it's it's fine to completely retool the character of Justin Hammer and make him younger and stuff and make him a, like a... Like a sort of counterpart to Tony, but yeah. give him more to do than just sit there and argue with Ivan Vanko about a bird. It is a waste because because he's so good in um, three billboards out, outside Ebbing, Missouri. I have still yet yeah, to see that. It's so good. It's it's dark, but it's 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 kind of like black comedy. Mostly, yeah. No, like I, I saw the trailer for it whenever I went to see Disaster Artist of all things. <laughs> I remember watching it because, like, with most of the movies that I watch, it's always right, like right at the start. Like I went to see Deadpool two the other day, yeah. and before it, like there was trailers for the likes of Jurassic World and Solo and yeah. and all this sort of big popcorn nonsense. So when I went to see The Disaster Artist, it was quite refreshing because you were seeing all of these sort of indie movie trailers yeah. and stuff, and like three billboards came up, and yeah. like I was sitting like watching it, going like, "Oh my god, is this like a Coen Brothers movie?" Because you've got Francis McDormand in yeah. it, and you've got Sam Rockwell in it. Like this looks like a lot of fun, but I yeah. still haven't had the chance to sit down and watch it. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun, but it's you really got to pay attention to everything, so it's not. It's not something that you can sit and do other things at the same time. Like you really, yeah. you re- you well, be invested. Normally, I never do things like that. In yeah. fact, I I actively have arguments with people that try and talk during movies. <laughs> <laughs> like like one thing I absolutely hate is sitting watching a movie with my mate Anthony because he will just talk yeah. <laughs> constantly over, it and it's like, no, dude, but, but me, you missed this bit, and you missed that. Come on, I'm the same with Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, Elizabeth will go, like, she, like I'll be sitting watching a movie. She'll come in halfway through and go, "Oh, what's this? What's it about? What's all this?" That and like, it's like, dude, really? Right, okay, I'm rewinding it to the start. We're watching it, right? Okay, yeah, but what's it about? You're, we're literally watching it. You'll find out. Silence. <laughs> Wikipedia it. No, don't. You'll spoil it. Wikipedia's got a plot synopsis. Just watch it and be surprised. Yeah, I think I'm one of those people that. But yeah. I only <laughs> I, I only point out stuff like because I normally go to see movies with like my parents or with friends, and if they don't know the the backstory behind some of it, like oh, this is what this is from, or like at the end of Guardians two, when um, Adam Warlock is in the cocoon. Yeah, thing. in the cocoon. Yeah. I had to point that out and obviously they got a lot more they get a lot more references in the Guardians movies because it's all that 80s and 90s music and a lot of those pop culture references that they know And but anyway yeah. so it was so Iron Man 2 came out before Thor and Captain America yeah, it was 2010, Captain. and then um, and then it was 2011 was yeah. Thor and Captain America. And what about the changing from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle for War Machine? 
Uh, I think it's a vast improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like Terrence Hard in uh, the first Iron Man movie, but I think it's maybe now because I've I've gotten several movies now with uh, Don Cheadle as Rhodey. Yeah. Like, I just I, I I can see him now more as Rhodey. I mean, they originally wanted him as Rhodey in the first Iron Man, but he signed on to something else. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Oceans movies as oh, yeah. well that he's in, so where he has this ridiculous Cockney accent, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I I do prefer him. I think he's got a better rapport with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Because of course, skipping ahead to Iron Man three, that's where he's utilized the best. Yeah. Because you've got that great sharp as a whip Shane Black writing, and basically the end of Iron Man three turns into a Lethal Weapon movie. Like, it's another yeah. Riggs and Murtaugh adventure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got this great back-and-forth dialogue. Like, there's a really great scene where, um, like, uh, he says to uh, Tony Stark, okay, how many guys are up there? And, like, he looks quickly and jumps back down again. And he's like, well... And he goes, too fast, didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it's got... That movie does have good writing, but it's... I think that out of all the Iron Man films, that's probably the weakest. Wow, really? Yeah. See, I I would say Iron Man Two is the weakest of the three because like, I'm I'm a big Shane Black fan. Yeah. And I do love what they did with Iron Man Three. I I do I, I think I'm one of the few people on the planet that liked the twist with the Mandarin because <sighs> like obviously. I know, I know, I know. It's it's terrible. It's not even. It's terrible in terms of. And he, being a comic book fan and he's still not even the real Mandarin I know after uh, All Hail the King yeah. but yeah but I, I still really like that though I, I like but, the idea behind it which is taking a character from the comics that is this big scary overlord yeah. that whenever you say the Mandarin is the bad guy you can see him with his ten like alien space rings yeah. and like causing chaos and, and, and damage and what have you across the world and being a terrorist but to do that great twist, which is explained so well at the end of Iron Man 3, where Guy Pearce goes, no, like, these days, evil is in the shadow. Yeah. Like, it's, like, there's no longer a name, there's no longer a face. So what if you gave the world a name and gave them a face and gave them someone to hate? Yeah. Whereas he's not really the guy you should be after. The real bad guys are pulling the strings from behind him in the shadows. So I did, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I mean, like, if you're a serious comic book fan, obviously you're going to hate it because of what they did to Aldrich Killian, what they did to the extremist storyline, and what they did to the Mandarin. But in terms of, of story for that movie, it worked for what they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And I think you're onto something with Lethal Lethal Weapon is that Iron Man 3 is really a buddy cop comedy. It's It is. Yeah, absolutely. Start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Don Cheadle as uh, Donald Glover's character, Danny Glover's character, sorry, and obviously Robert Downey yeah. Jr as Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh god, it's it's almost the perfect film. That, that's who they should have cast. Robert Downey Jr is 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 playing Martin Riggs. Yeah, that's who they should have. They should have cast Don Cheadle and Robert Downey Jr. in the TV series. Yes, they damn well should. Have. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'd also never made it. <laughs> yes, even though it's had four seasons now or something. 
Yeah, I think see, uh, they're on the season three now, I think it is, but Sean William Scott's yeah. replacing the guy that's playing Riggs at the moment. As a new... So... As a new as, character. As, yeah, I think it's Riggs's brother or something, which oh, makes absolutely okay. zero sense. So, bye-bye, yeah. Lethal Weapon. It was good while it lasted. <laughs> hey, maybe you should make that Lethal Weapon 5 movie now that you've been trying to make for years, but the studio kept saying no because they've got the TV series now. <laughs> But do you put Mel Gibson in it? Because he's kind of a horrible person. Yes. No, you... Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, he, he he went through the mud. I think, you know, it's... It, Multiple times. Like, he's, he's paid his dues now, I think. I don't know if he has. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, I can't picture anyone else than Mel Gibson playing Martin Riggs. Like, I mean, yeah, you can Sam give Rockwell. the actor shit. Like, his... Sam Rockwell. No, man, it's... Nah, it's gotta be Mel. It's gotta be Mel Gibson. Nah, nah. Like I mean, like like the like the first two Lethal Weapon movies, and even the third one. It, do you know what the hell with it? I love all four Lethal Weapon movies. <laughs> like I love his character and how. Is... And I think if you were to recast him in a new one and still have Donald Glover in it and Rene Russo in it, it just it wouldn't feel right. Like it'd be nice to see him back because obviously he was in. Um, I know what's that god awful Will Ferrell movie, Daddy's Home. Oh yeah, I think he was. It was in it or its sequel. I, I think I want to say it's the sequel because the first one wasn't yeah. that bad. But then and John John Lithgow was in the second John one. John Lithgow, as well. yeah. John Lithgow, he's great. Good God. <laughs> I, my my favorite ever John Lithgow role is Santa Claus the movie. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, like he, he gets so mad at Dudley Moore at one point. Because uh, like Dudley Moore's going like, yeah, 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 we're yeah. going to release this, uh, this, this, this new candy, and it's going to make children fly, and it'll be crazy. Great. How much do we charge for it? Oh, oh. well, nothing. We're going to give it away for free. <laughs> for free. <laughs> he turns red. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and then the great bit was like, like he's he's the little girl's step uncle. <laughs> step uncle. <laughs> <laughs> like she comes, like the nanny comes in and goes, "Okay, now say night night to your step uncle." Like she walks into the room, and he spins round in this big chair like a James Bond villain. Like she's like, good, "Like good night, step uncle. I hope it's going to be a merry Christmas." And he spins round with the cigar and goes like, uh, "It's a collection, babe." <laughs> oh God, he's he's a character. Oh. What an amazing bit of tat Santa Claus the movie was. Made by the same people who made the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. And directed by the the same guy that directed Supergirl. Ah. Oh, man. What a picture. (laughs) (laughs) And I completely forgot to mention at the start, um, Margot Kidder passed away the other day. She did indeed, yes. Um, Very sad. Like I, I was listening to another podcast there recently where they said we've lost our Princess Leia now we've lost our Lois Lane yeah man. like it's it's a sad time man because yeah. like all these great icons that I grew up watching and loving are all starting to yeah. pass on like and it's it's such a morbid time to be a fan of anything of of, of classic nerds yeah I, I guess it would be the phrase because I mean like, obviously like, like we lost Christopher Lee Reeve there several years ago yeah now. 2005 like, was 2005 yeah. he passed away uh, so it's 
Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking, man. Yeah. I mean, and she had a rough life after yeah. the Superman movies ended. I mean, she was homeless at one yep. point. Like she had to get all her her teeth refixed and everything. But like, I mean, she 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 made it back though. She made yeah. it through the other side because like she battled with um, bipolar, much like Carrie Fisher yeah. did. Uh, and she still had active movie roles even up until last year I think it was like she was on Smallville um, for a while there yeah was on, that's right she was like a couple of different shows so like a, and I mean 69 I think when she died yeah like honest to god like that is that is no age at all yeah these days no but yeah rest rest in peace Marco yeah I can imagine her and Christopher Reeve are up there somewhere and they're flying around yeah she's asking him can you read my mind as we speak <laughs> yeah uh, that's sad but alas we all die so yeah and you know now we've got Margot Robbie you know <laughs> she, she can take the mantle for being an awesome famous right. Margot <laughs> <laughs> even though Margot Kidder's real name is Margaret but whatever um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Known as Margot, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, so then Thor and Captain America. I think Thor was a pretty weak film. I don't. Thor was a very weak movie. Although here's the kicker, right? <laughs> when I first saw both these movies. I liked Thor better than Captain America. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me. I but I liked it more. The movie or the character? The movie. Because I think I think Captain America: The First Avenger is probably a better film. But I think I prefer the character of Thor over Captain America. That might be my Australian yeah, I li- bias for Chris Hemsworth. But well, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you there at that point at all. But, yeah, I, I do like Thor better as a character because, yeah. like, he's, he's got the more entertaining arc. Yeah. Like, especially in the first Thor where he is this this arrogant asshole of a character. Yeah. And he, he basically has to learn his lesson. It's this great fish-out-of-water storyline. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting movie. It's an enjoyable film, and it's a great way to introduce all the sort of newbies yeah. to the the space side of the Marvel yeah. universe. And in the way that um, Ant Man's going to introduce us to the quantum realm and yeah. different things like that. So it's, but yeah, of the two, as the years have gone on, Captain America: The First Avenger has become like a fine wine for me. Yeah, it tastes like antifreeze when you first drink it. Yeah, but leave it a while; it'll yeah. develop its flavor. There's an awesome scene in the first Avenger, and I will. You could hear a pin drop every time I'm watching this scene. Like, everything goes totally quiet, and I'm so fixated on it. It's the scene where uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character, I forget his name. The General Guy. General Guy, <laughs> yeah. General McGee. Tommy Lee Jones. He's playing yeah, himself. He always does. Where, where he's um, starting to interrogate Arnim Zola. Yeah, and he brings him the the steak and the glass of milk and stuff. And he sets it down on the table, but like even before that starts, you have uh, Toby Jones' character looking around the room, 
And like yeah. he's hearing like in the distance these muffled screams and stuff yeah. and people shouting. And he looks down at the ground and he sees the drips of blood that are on the ground that have dried and been there for ages. Yeah. And he's freaking out. And then the door opens and in comes Tommy Lee Jones with a stick yeah. and sets it down in front of him. And he goes, what is this? <laughs> steak. And what is in it? Cow. <laughs> <laughs> And then Tommy Lee Jones starts to eat the steak and the potatoes and stuff. Yep. And, like, like, Tommy Lee Jones is such a fantastic, underrated actor. Yeah. Because one of the best things you can do for a good actor, especially during a heavy dialogue scene, is give them something to do with their hands. Yeah. So have them smoke a cigarette, have them drink, have them be writing something or, or fixing something or whatever, or especially have them eat something. Yeah. So Tommy Lee Jones has this grip at where, like, he, he's so perfect as an actor... He knows when to take a bite. He knows when to muck about with the cutlery. Yep. He knows when to slice out a bit of steak and put a bit of uh, potato on it. Like, there's this great bit where, it, like, he's just starting to eat the steak. And he and uh, Arnim Zola goes, I don't eat meat. And Tommy Lee, G- Lee Jones, like, as he's eating, goes, How about cyanide? Does that give you a rumbly tummy, too? But as he says that... Like, he's scraping, I think it's a bit of butter or it's a bit of potato onto the steak. Yeah. And the way he does it just matches the words he's saying so perfectly. Yeah, so in a movie that's about a skinny, scrawny little guy that gets uh, super-duper awesome muscles and goes out saving the world from Nazis, that's my favourite scene. (laughs) Not Captain America jumping off a tank. Not him punching Red Skull so hard in the face it knocks his uh, his mask off. Not the big, the big huge CGI battle at the end yeah. where he's fighting guys with space lasers made from the Tesseract of all things, uh, or anything like that. It's literally Tommy Lee Jones eating a steak in front of Toby Jones. Yeah, and <laughs> the two Jones. Yeah, and how creepy is Toby Jones in everything he does? He's the guy that's actively stalking me and Anthony at the moment. Really? Because everything that Anthony watches, he's there. He's <laughs> even in the new Jurassic World movie yeah. that's, that's coming out yeah. later in the year. He's in. He's in it. He's even. And in, everyone keeps forgetting he's he's the auction guy. Yeah, he's even in freaking Harry Potter. He's in Harry Potter. He's in Doctor Who. That's right. Like literally, the guy's following. Anthony around yeah. every time Anthony sits down to watch a movie he's like there's that fucker again there's the dream lord because <laughs> like that's the thing that Anthony knows him from yeah. is playing the dream yeah. lord in the Matt Smith series of Doctor Who yeah. and he, he goes like I hate that episode it freaks me out so much like what the hell was that you know and like just the way he plays him because he is as you say so creepy yeah. and, and just it's such a horrible character. Every single one of the characters that he plays, yeah. is just oh, I hate them. Well, except Dobby. But, well, obviously, except Dobby. Yeah, but still, he's got a creepy face. But, <laughs> <you know. laughs> and there is something weird about him jumping on a twelve-year-old boy's bedroom the first time you, you meet him. That's so. true. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, yeah. Toby Stevens, man, like an absolutely fantastic actor, and to see the two of them. In a movie together, like obviously he's he's so slimy in that movie yeah. because you know that he doesn't want to be there. Yep. The only reason he's helping Red Skull is to save his own skin because you get that great moment where Hugo Weaving goes Hell Hydra and everyone in the room goes Hell Hydra yep. and that like he looks over at Toby Toby Jones who doesn't want to do it and he just goes Hell Hydra yeah. 
Like little subtleties like that. Yeah. That's what I love about characters. So like, like I mean, you can say what you like about Joe Johnson as a director, but the man knows how to make a movie with actors. Yeah. Yep. And Jenna Coleman's in that as well, very briefly. She is. Yeah, she's uh, Bucky's dear. That's right. That's right. And uh, Stanley Tucci's in it. And of course. Yep, Stanley Tucci with one of the best accents in the world and one of the best comebacks in movie history where Steve Rogers goes, where are you from? What was he say, Brooklyn? Um, Yeah, I think so. It's one of the two. I think he He says says Queens. Yeah. Um, Oh, no, I think he says like the Upper West Side or something like that. I could be confusing that with... um, uh, Pete McNichol in Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> where, where in the hell are you from anyway the upper west side <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no that's the, like he has a really great comeback in that movie and again another fantastic sequence the night before Steve transforms into Captain America like he sits with him and opens up a bottle of I don't know alcohol some such like and he pours two shot glasses and like he gives it to him and goes like he gives him the speech about it, it doesn't matter who you are like yeah just be a good man and then the two of them uh, clink their glasses together and he goes no wait a minute what am I doing you have procedure tomorrow and like you, you can't drink any liquid <laughs> and Steve Rogers goes okay then we'll, we'll drink we'll drink it after and he goes no I don't have procedure tomorrow I drink it now and he downs both of them <laughs> I just remember looking at that going yeah that's that's me that's what I do <laughs> Uh, and Stanley Tucci's great as well in everything ah uh, Stanley Tucci man even absolutely in, fantastic even in Transformers 5 yeah oh well it, like he's he's in two Transformers movies isn't he True. like he's a businessman in one of them and he's Merlin, Merlin yep. I think another one <laughs> uh, like, what a brilliant character actor though yeah. like that that's something we're not really seeing anymore yeah like we're si- we are seeing a lot of typecasting these days yeah. Where you've got like a big dumb action hero who's in every like The Rock, for example. The Rock yeah. will never be a character actor. No. He'll always be the big bald muscly guy yeah. that kicks ass and has a load of one-liners. Like whereas you have the likes of Stanley Tucci, who can go from playing a tramp on the street to an incredibly wealthy businessman, and he's completely unrecognizable in both roles. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty good at everything he does. But in this case in particular, a brilliant choice for Dr. Erskine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what was... Do you think that, that Captain America and Thor movies are essential for Infinity War, or you can kind of gloss over them? I would, I would, I would say both. Like, Captain America is mandatory viewing, mostly because... Yeah, it's introducing you to the character, but it's also introducing you sort of to the Tesseract. Yep. True. Um, Thor, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, it does set up who Loki is. Yeah, briefly. But to be honest, for, for going into Infinity War, Thor is a completely different character. Yep. I mean, of the three Thor movies so far, mandatory viewing, as in... You have to watch this. Ragnarok. I would say Ragnarok because yeah. that ties directly but, into Infinity War. So, I mean, yeah, and it's also just uh, a better movie. 
it's a better movie and it's also a better character setup yeah. for where Thor and Loki are yeah. like more particularly Thor like where he is in relation to what's going on yeah. in Infinity War like where his, his mindset's at and obviously where Hulk is as well. Yeah. But uh, Thor The Dark World, I think you can just skip entirely. I mean, and I know it's it's got the ninth Doctor. That's true. Um, Christopher. Trying to, yeah. trying to capture some red space muck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's trying to capture... Um, the reality. He's trying to capture the bad guy from the first uh, from the first Blade movie when he turns into the blood tornado in the deleted scene. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to, t- to to use that to destroy all the nine realms. Yeah, which obviously is the Infinity Stone. Yeah, but then again, it's it's not really mandatory because they're basically six MacGuffins. You know, like Thanos gets the red one and he can manipulate reality with it. You see that in Infinity War, so there's no point in watching yeah. Thor: The Dark World. Uh, <sighs> The thir- the first Thor, I'd say, is not mandatory no. for Infinity War. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but uh, but Captain America, yeah, I'd say give that one a yeah. go. Because obviously it, it shows who Red Skull is as well. Who, again, heavy spoilers, yeah. spoilers, spoilers the world over yeah. from six people on the planet that haven't seen Infinity War yet. <laughs> uh, we do revisit that character. Yeah. But it's not so. Yeah, it's. I'd say it's mandatory for you. When I saw that, I thought it was Hugo Waving, but it's not. No, it's uh, it's a very talented voiceover yeah. actor. Um, which is amazing. It sounds sounds and looks just like him. But I suppose. Yeah, because it's it's not just having to do that Hugo Waving twang. It's having to do an impression of Hugo Waving, doing an impression yeah. of a German evil Nazi yeah, person, which is. Oh, it's hard to even wrap my head around. It's so impossibly difficult. Because, like, I can't really think of any Red Skull lines from First Avenger, apart from uh, there are always small walkers, like yeah. where he does that sort of. It's it's like a sort of caricature of what a German accent would be. Yeah. But like they, the, the guy that they got for Infinity War just nails that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. And obviously he's... What planet was that? It was... That was Niffel... Nibdalir or something? Oh, um... Oh, um... Niddle... No, no, no. Nidalveer is um, the one where Thor makes his new magic hammer. Uh, um... Oh, uh, Vormir. That's it. Yeah. Vormir. And he's protecting the soul stone. Yeah, the the reason why I remember that is because some crazy person on Facebook came up with this amazing theory that in the new in the current Marvel Studios logo, you know the one that zips through the Marvel bit and then yep. zooms out and says Marvel Studios. Yeah. In the V, you have Doctor Strange with one of his um, like sort of magic shield things yeah. that's orange, and everyone went. Oh, the soul stole's orange and it's on Vormir and the V in Marvel is orange. Get it? And it's like, dude, come on. I've heard of clutching at straws, but that's ridiculous. Well, and it was true. It was all so true. No, like they came out, they came out with it Afterwards. after oh, the movie okay. came out. Yeah. And they're like, guys, 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 look, yeah. here's my theory. Yeah, and it's that's... like... No, that's that's not a theory. We know where it is. That's, yeah. Shut up and sit down. That's just that's <laughs> like drawing. That's like putting a piece of string next to two newspapers and saying, 
the murderer did this or yeah no do you know what it is it's literally watching uh, a whodunit movie and then after the credits roll going do you know what I think that character killed him (laughs) it's like what you just saw the movie you know it was that character I think yeah but I had a theory the whole way through yeah Yeah, but you never said it to anyone I think Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Soze you you know it is you just saw it you just saw it walk out of the police department that's such a good movie. It is, yeah. But screw Kevin. Like Brian Singer gets a lot of um, gets a lot of slack yeah. these days, but like back then when he made Usual Suspects, like yeah, oh, like that, like that guy made the X Men movies. Yeah. What the hell? The good ones, at least. Yeah. Except Last Stand. Yeah. Oh, did he? Apart from Apocalypse, he did Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I still haven't seen that all the way through. I don't think. Seen bits and pieces. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Good, because I don't enjoy the young side of it anyway. Because screw mm, ja- screw enough. James McAvoy, Patrick Stewart, Xavier. Yeah, and like, there's one of my favorite lines. Again, talking about great acting in comic book movies, one of my all-time favorite lines in the first X-Men, or the one of my favorite scenes in the first X-Men, is right at the start of the first X-Men movie. Whenever uh, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart have that confrontation oh, at yeah. um, the place where Jean Grey is giving her lecture, yep. uh, and he like as he's walking away, he goes, "We are the future, Charles, not them. Yep. They no longer matter." Like, I, yeah, oh! yeah, Ian, he, he's he's something else. He can do anything oh, that he is. He's and I. Th- Michael Fassbender's great as Magneto, but I don't think there's any competition between him and Ian McKellen. No, there's definitely not. I mean, Michael Fassbender is. I mean, you know, obviously he's Irish, and you have to, you have to play for the home team, you know. Yeah. But uh, you have to root for the home team, should yeah. I say? But with with his Magneto, it's not Magneto. It's 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 Sean Connery's James Bond with yeah. metal manipulation powers. Yeah, like like the bit at the uh, at the start of first class. Whenever he goes into the bank and he's interrogating yep. the guy by using his powers on his um, on his fillings yep. and his teeth. Yeah, like like it's badass. It's awesome. I don't think it's what Magneto would do. No. Well, maybe a young Magneto before he realizes the error of his ways. Which is no, but I would imagine like a young Magneto is just fueled by nothing but rage. So like literally, he would cut the guy in half. Yeah, well, like it would. It would literally just take all the metal in the room and use it to pin his body to the wall. I suppose it depends on the source material because every writer is going to write it a different way. Well, yeah, I mean that is true. I, like one of my favorite bits in First Class is the bit at the bar where he's speaking German to the two guys. Oh, yeah. He basically says, yeah. "Oh, I, I have no, I have no name. It was taken away from me yeah. by pig farmers and tailors." Yeah. And then he has the great scene where he stabs the guy through the hand, yeah. takes the knife out of the hand, uses his metal powers to stab the other guy that has the gun on him, brings the knife back yeah. into his hand, and restabs the guy's hand to the deal. Yeah. Like there are moments of greatness in that picture, and like, but like after that, like especially with Apocalypse. Every single character just loses their way dramatically. Yeah. yeah. 
It's kind of sad because I think the X-Men... I think I prefer the X-Men over the Avengers as a team. Well, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I can see why a lot of people would prefer that. And, like, they have said with Marvel Studios recently that after everything with Thanos wraps up, the Avengers aren't going to be, you know, the glue that holds everything together anymore. Yeah. So I am guessing that if this whole Fox Disney thing's gone through, I think they're going to start setting up things with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And how terrible are the Fantastic Four movies? My God. Jesus wept. I mean, it's it's really something whenever the best Fantastic Four movie ever made is the, Incredibles. Is the one that was made for a million pounds and it was never released. But, I mean, an actual Fantastic Four movie with those four characters was one that was made by Roger Corman for a million dollars and was never released. It was just made so the studio could keep the rights. Yeah. Like, that's a fantastic movie compared to the 2007 and 2004 versions. Yeah. And especially that 2015 mess of a movie. I I just, to this day, I still can't get why Disney and Pixar can release a movie like The Incredibles. And as you so rightly say, it's the best Fantastic (laughs) Four movie. Whereas you actually have like competent writers and competent directors and who have actual access to these characters. And still they can't make a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. I mean, literally, the end of Rise of the Silver Surfer is one of the most insulting endings I've ever seen to anyone who at all likes the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Because the idea of the Fantastic Four is, it's a family. Yeah. It's a team of people who don't exactly gel well together. And, like, their entire story... Like what they have to to overcome their 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 story arc is that they have to learn to work together and be that family unit. You know, you've got the mom and the dad and the the older brother and the younger brother, yep. and they they have to sort of overcome their differences and work together to save the day. That's what as, is at the heart of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, use their powers, and the end of the first Fantastic Four sort of got that right. Yeah, where you saw them, the four of them fighting Doctor Doom. Yep. Like, like, it's still crap. Yeah. But the principle was there. But then it's it just pisses all over itself yeah. with Rise of the Silver Surfer, because you've got Johnny Storm touching their hands and absorbing all their powers to fight Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. That's not what the Fantastic Four is. No. You can't just give all your superpowers to one guy so he can go off and fight. That's yeah. not unity. That's not teamwork. Although Rogue can do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the Fantastic Four. But I mean, that's that. But that, yeah, that's X-Men. That's X-Men. That makes sense. <laughs> that's allowed because it it's, makes sense. Yeah, but at the same time, she's not exactly sucking all of Jean Grey's power out of her and sucking all of Miss Marvel's True. power out of her yeah. so she can fly and read minds and shit and, and stuff. And... Like it's not like Jean Grey becomes a normal human being and Miss Marvel becomes a normal human being. Yeah, they die <laughs> as a result. Like, well, yeah, that and on top of that, the fact that, like, you know, they don't lose their powers. Yeah, they still have them and they can still fight alongside Rogue. That's Whereas true. in that movie, it was literally Mister Fantastic is no longer fantastic. 
you know, the Invisible Woman can be seen by all. <laughs> and Ben Grimm, the thing, yeah. is no longer the thing. He is the normal human being. He's man. Michael Chick. Because he's, he's, yeah, he's the guy from The Shield. <laughs> <laughs> and, and meanwhile, young hot rod version of Captain America <laughs> now has all, all of the powers combined on top of his flame on superpowers to fight Doctor Doom. What the hell? What were they thinking yeah. when they made that movie? They turned Galactus into a into a gigantic space fart. <laughs> what the hell were they thinking? Galactus is like one of the best villains ever, and you turn him into a gigantic fart. <laughs> Shut up! That's like turning Thanos into I don't know a dog turd. A giant fart. <laughs> A giant neutron fart that goes, I'm going to gobble up planet Earth with my six infinity stones. <laughs> oh no, a thing just flew inside me and exploded. I guess I'm dead now. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Sh- that is not how you defeat Galactus. Oh, shut up and die. Just die. And they did the forget same. it, forget it. It never happened. And they did that the- movie never came out. I wish it didn't. But they did the same oh, thing Christ. with Green Lantern as well. They turned uh, what's his face into a big space fart. Um, oh, what is it with taking awesome villains and turning them into gigantic space farts? Parallax, that's it. Parallax, yeah, let, let, yeah, Parallax. He's a gigantic space fart. Let's fight him in space and throw him into the sun. Yep. The end. Man. Oh my God! Can you imagine? <laughs> At the end of the first Avengers movie. Thanos comes through the space portal and he's a gigantic purple fart. And Tony Stark throws a nuke at it and it explodes and like, we just defeated Thanos, that's amazing. Bye-bye, Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's over. It was fun while it lasted, the end. Jesus wept. (laughs) I I can see that. That seems like something Jon Favreau might do. Yeah. Thank God he didn't. Yeah, (laughs) So, you know, whenever like I hear people sit and complain, like, oh, the Mandarin, they fucked up the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, it's terrible. I'm sitting going, yeah, but I'm thinking about this on a larger scale here. At least they didn't destroy Thanos completely. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> they didn't turn him into a gigantic purple space fart. <laughs> the- oh. Oh, yeah, you-, you make a good point, but still... I have such a divine hatred for that Fantastic <laughs> Four movie. But oh god! Well, at least that's one good thing now. At least like, if the Fox and Disney deal happens, at least after Thanos, hopefully we'll get Galactus. But yeah. get him done properly. Yeah, and the Silver Surfer. And Silver Surfer. Because oh, there was that yes, rumor that went around earlier this year that Silver Surfer was going to be an Infinity War. Yeah, it's. I doubt. I doubted that rumor right yeah. from the start. I was hoping because it's too soon. But yeah, it would have been good. Cause it's like, do you remember? Uh, do you remember the rumors that um, Spider-Man was going to be an Age of Ultron? Yeah. Because they said that oh, Danny Elfman has contributed to the score of Age of Ultron. Yeah. And everyone lost their minds because it was around the time that Sony and Marvel made the deal so Spider-Man could be in the in the MCU. Yeah. So everyone was going like, oh my god, wouldn't it be amazing, right, if like all the Avengers are getting their ass handed to them by Ultron, and then all of a sudden you hear the Sam Raimi Spider-Man theme, and he swings in and saves the day. Wouldn't that be fantastic? And then there was like the, and fair enough, it was brilliantly done, 
but like the fake post credit scene that got leaked where like you see the Avengers Tower in the background but it's shot from inside a building and the building's getting its windows washed oh, yeah. so like as the window washer is bringing down uh, like the, the scraper and the chamois to uh, to clean the windows he eventually reveals Spider-Man hanging on the side of the building yep. just looking at the Avengers Tower and he's like hey you missed a spot and like he swings away yeah like like that was a really nice post credit sequence but like it's it's very easy to sort of try and predict Marvel and try and and get really really overhyped yeah because I mean like if you follow anything on Reddit there's a new theory every five minutes yeah and it's usually nonsense because it's 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 fan service and like a lot of people can tell the difference yeah where a lot of people go like oh yeah that makes sense because like they would take this scene from this storyline and merge it with this scene from this comic book uh, storyline and then that would work and that makes a lot of sense but then there's a lot of people that go like no this is directly from the comics and this happens and that happens and yeah you know you can easily pick out what's going wrong so for a lot of people going oh my god silver surfer is going to be in infinity war because he's in the infinity war comic book he's the the character that takes the place of bruce banner yeah in the movie where he crashes in and, and warns everyone oh my god thanos is coming run for your lives <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's very oh. easy to see where that rumor came from. Yeah, but obviously, uh, Bruce Banner took that role in Infinity War. Um, yeah, which I think still worked perfectly fine. I mean, it didn't distract from anything. Yeah, know. within the context of the story, yeah, it, it's it makes so much sense, yeah. and it's a great way to get Bruce Banner back to Earth. Yeah, again. and I think it probably makes more sense than having the Silver Surfer do that, really. Yeah, because he's he's not an established character. Yeah. So to have this guy that's completely silver, and the last time we saw him, he was being voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> like to have him crash land. Yeah. Like the audience, like the the normal everyday movie going audience, would be like, "Oh my god, don't tell me Jessica Alba's about to walk <laughs> up." <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, he. I suppose the character was built up, but poorly and with much hatred so much hatred yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> but yeah um, what the hell were we talking about again yeah so there was Captain America there was Thor and then it was the Avengers then there was the Grand Slam which yep. ironically enough here wasn't called the Avengers wasn't it it was called Avengers Assemble oh yeah it was called Avengers Assemble in the UK Unfortunately enough, Ireland qualifies as the UK for some <laughs> goddamn reason. So we are now like we have Avengers Assemble. I literally had to import an American copy of the Blu-ray just God. so I would have the Avengers. <laughs> and even when the movie starts, like it's it's the whole like panning shot on Nick Fury, Coulson going like, "What what do we do?" Yeah, and then you have the dun 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 dun. dun it doesn't say the Avengers it says Avengers Assemble and I wanted to die (laughs) because all my life I've been waiting to see a movie called The Avengers and it's got Iron Man in it and Thor in it and Black Widow in it and and all these crazy characters and I got Avengers Assemble yeah Um, and the reason why was down to the fact that there was a TV show here in the 1960s The Avengers called The Avengers and the reason why we weren't allowed to call a Marvel movie The Avengers was down to the fact that they didn't want people confused with this TV show from the 60s. 
God. Wait, that makes sense. See, we we over here in Australia, we got that. We still get that TV show, and we it was just the Avengers for us. I mean, oh, see, but we. That's I I bl- I blame the English. Yeah, <laughs> Brexit. It's Brexit. Yeah, it's Brexit. Um, <laughs> like for. First you change the Avengers to Avengers Assemble, and now Brexit. <laughs> Thanks, UK. Thanks, England. You're stars. Yep. Pat yourselves on the back as you starve children and make yourselves incredibly rich. Yep. That's our government. Yay. Yep. I think that's... Which we can't vote for because we're Irish. But they still govern us. Yeah. That's a little bit of UK politics for you there. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> Man, sucks to be you. Yes, it does. <laughs> Highly. Well, don't forget, Australia's still under UK rule, technically. Yeah, but you guys have a Prime Minister and you get stuff done. You know? You just have Theresa May. We Yeah, we have basically female Davros. I was going to say the devil. Yeah, we, we have Thatcher 2.0. <laughs> well, at least Thatcher was... She did some good for the world and... Yeah, by the whole mining crisis and everything. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Yeah, no, she was not. Maybe not. She was fantastic. Maybe not that, but she did some good stuff. Um, well, it's more than what Theresa May has ever done. That's true. Honest to God, our politicians over the last couple of years have just been crap after crap after crap. Even uh, Cameron. Even Cameron, especially Cameron. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> God. It really goes to show something when the last Prime Minister I actually liked was Gordon Brown. How long ago was that? That was 2009. Okay. I think it was 2010 that Cameron took over. Yeah, because it was Tony Blair for like a million yeah. years, and then it was Gordon Brown for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, who got into a scandal because he was still on mic whenever he said about a woman that he was just speaking to. What a horrible woman. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that got the fuck. That got the Tories in par. Yeah. And now we're literally sitting in a situation where the UK has royally screwed itself, and now there's no free school meals for kids. So, yay. Thanks for that uh, one, Brian. Yeah, he was in from 2007 to 2010. So, is that one whole term, or. I have no idea. I don't even think there are terms. Okay. I think it's literally just. That, like in this day and age now it's basically let's have an election okay that sounds like a plan oh but we can't let Ireland vote so forget <laughs> <laughs> no John Major John Major now there was a, there was a prime minister ah oh, dear oh. <laughs> he looked like a he looked like an evil headmaster at a school <laughs> He was brilliant, him. And then Tony Blair got in. I think it was nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. So God, he was he was prime minister for a while until our right honourable George W. Bush decided to use him like a hand puppet. <laughs> but yeah, we're getting we're getting very uh, political here in this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice little cosy podcast yeah. about Marvel movies. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> the Avengers and how his name was. Uh, yeah, the Avengers. Yeah, it was mad crack. Like it was brilliant. It yeah. was class. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic. It was everything. Is there much else to Although, say? In all fairness, looking back at it now, the first half of it kind of feels like Agents of Shield, the movie. 
Because <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's quite flat. Yeah. I mean, they have the whole opening sequence, and like Joss Whedon, obviously, he's predominantly a TV director. Yeah. So a lot of the Avengers feels like a TV movie. Yeah. Like it, it feels quite flat. Like, a, like as a filmmaker, and the cinematography feels quite flat. Like you have the opening sequence, which is fantastic. It introduces Loki. It introduces the threat. It introduces the MacGuffin. And you have that great explodey scene where the entire shield base collapses into the ground. That's great. But then the movie has to do a lot of heavy lifting where it has to introduce all the characters, yeah. where they're at now, what's going on. The one good thing about that, though, is the reintroduction of Bruce Banner, which I think is a, a scene that's played really great. Yeah. It's played really well with Natasha Romanoff. Um, and then you've, you've basically got an hour of mucking about on the helicarrier. That's all right. And then, of course, the bit that everyone paid the ticket price to see was the the massive fight in New York which honestly I have never enjoyed something so much in my life I I, I almost took a fit in the cinema cool. whenever I was watching this I, I think I was I was in my early 20s at the time yep. and I, I I was losing my mind I'd never thought I'd see something this entertaining in my living life like the like from the moment that Captain America goes and Hulk smash yeah. And he just leaps off the ground and starts taking down the Chitauri army. Yep. I was laughing my head off. Like the bit where they take down the Leviathan. Yep. And like him and Thor stand there and the next minute like Hulk punches him out of frame. Yep. Like laughing my head off. The whole, I am a god you dull creature yeah. and I will not be bullied by... And he ragdolls him on the floor. Like yep. honestly you couldn't hear what happened after that. Like it wasn't until the home release... That I finally heard what the Hulk said. Puny <laughs> God. Like, the, the entire cinema erupted with laughter. I had tears streaming uh, down my face both times I saw it. Because I was just laughing so hard. Yeah. But yeah, the last the Avengers. Basically, a lot of boring toss at the start. Yeah. Just basically, exposition, exposition, exposition. Ooh, a helicarrier. <laughs> a helicarrier. Let's spend an hour on it. And then, <laughs> after that, it's basically... The MVP moment is just all the Avengers finally working together. That big sweeping camera shot around all six of our heroes and yep. them basically saving the day. And ironically enough, here's a little thing that a lot of people seem to have missed. Whenever Iron Man carries the nuke through the wormhole, yeah. the thing that he blows up is the sanctuary. Is it? It's Thanos' ship, oh. yeah. He, he blows it to bits because if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy... Thanos is sitting on this big throne around all these destroyed what look to be rocks. Yeah. Like just floating in space. And the little text that comes at the bottom of the screen says, The Sanctuary. Yeah. And then in Infinity War, the massive ship that attacks the uh, the Asgardian ship. Yeah. That's called the Sanctuary 2. Right. Oh. So, that's something a lot of people seem to have missed, is that Iron Man blew up oh. Thanos' ship at the end of Avengers. And is that why it was in his head, or was it because Loki... No, because that's what, um, that's the last thing Tony saw before he, quote-unquote, died. Yeah. Was Thanos' ship. Right. Okay. And, huh. I don't... So a lot of people like seem to have missed that because yeah. like it was something that I I felt quite clever for working that out and it's probably not true, but like from what I've worked out from it, 
when you look at it it looks yeah. like Thanos' ship yeah. it's this big massive ship and then it explodes and then the next time you see it it's Guardians of the Galaxy where it's it's in bits it's destroyed yeah. why would Thanos hang out there it turns out that's his ship so yeah yeah I hadn't I hadn't thought about that before you're probably right um that makes a lot of sense I mean yeah I wonder if that's the big massive easter egg that James Gunn's talking about on Twitter maybe maybe not <laughs> probably not I'm probably reading into it too much because I'm a gigantic man child but yeah <laughs> <laughs> And obviously, it's essential for Infinity War because it. It is, yeah, because it's like realistically, you could skip over Phase One and just go for the Avengers, which a lot of casual movie-going audiences yeah. seem to have done. Which is, oh hey, come see the Avengers with yeah. me. Why? What is it? It's it's this big mad movie where all these superheroes get together and kick ass. It's class. Yeah, okay, sure. And yeah. like they've, they've watched it and they've loved it, and because. Obviously, when Thor came out, Loki wasn't really that big a character after it. But after Avengers, that's when the whole Tom Hiddleston fans yeah. and Loki fans and everything, that's when that blew yeah. up. So, I think that, that that's a large sort of thing that happened with it. But yeah, it's it's essential viewing because it, it sort of starts yeah, the whole Thanos saga. It introduces. Because obviously he yeah. appears yeah, at the end credits and he does the weird sort of sideways smile thing from the comics. Yeah. Uh, he looks nothing like he looks in now, Infinity yeah. War because he's a deep red purple. Although in all fairness, if his ship had just gotten nuked, yeah. that's probably what Thanos' face would look yeah. like. And he wasn't even Josh Brolin back then. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was just a big, dumb purple yeah. guy. He kind of looked like the thing. He looked like yeah, Michael Chiklis as the did. thing, but red. <laughs> he kind of did. Um... <laughs> Especially with his big dumb smile. Yeah. Yeah, he was very red, wasn't he? He wasn't. Huh. Yeah, he was. He, 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 he was. He was a harsh purple. But like he's, he's he's sort of changed color like over the years yeah. leading up to, to and including Infinity War, where now he's 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 almost sort of pink. Yeah. In Infinity War, but like he's he's a deep purple everywhere yeah, else. He's like especially like the end credits of Age of Ultron, yeah. Guardians very, of the Galaxy. Yeah. He's, he's he's very deep purple, and now he's quite lilac or magenta. Yeah, yeah, he's a lot. I I don't know what the hell you would describe him as. A lot brighter, really. That's he is, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's because whenever now that he's on the Infinity Quest, yeah. He's uh, he's got more blood pumping through his veins because you can tell for years he was just sat there on yep. his big throne eating McDonald's and, yeah. and KFC all the time, you know. And it was bad for his blood yep. flow. He was getting very red in the face. He was smoking about forty a day, you know, like he, he had all the capillaries breaking on his face. He was bored. He was yep. he was unemployed. He had nothing to do. So, like as the movies went on. He was he was feeling a bit younger. He quit smoking the cigarettes, you know. He started eating his vegetables, and now he's got the blood thrown, flowing yep. through his system again. And now he's changed color for the better. He's yep. this is this is Thanos at his prime yep. now. Less wrinkles. It's, yeah, it's like the opposite of steak. You know, like the more you cook steak, the darker yep. it gets. And then, like if you if you cook it for a little while, it's still got the pink inside yep. it. You know, like that's that's Thanos. <laughs> you know, Thanos is steak. <laughs> yep. 
That's absolutely oh, no, not that. That's Thanos recovering from his burns after the sanctuary yeah. was exploded by a new. Yeah, you know, like you see him at the end of Avengers, he's red because he's just so damaged <laughs> after this attack. And then just as the movies go on, that's him healing. Yeah. So now that we've got to Infinity War, that's what he always yep. looked like. That's what he looked like before his ship exploded. <laughs> God. Oh. So you go Thanos theory? Nope, it's Thanos facts. We've just broke it <laughs> down for you like a fraction right. here. Yeah, continuity errors, continuity problems. No, no anything can right. be explained away whenever you're a massive comic book nerd. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what what came after the Avengers? It was Iron Man three and Thor two, wasn't it? it yeah, it, it was Iron Man 3 and the forgettable adventure of Thor that no one really cares about. With Christopher Eccleston. Um, yeah, with uh, with the ninth Doctor yeah. playing an elf. Possibly... <sighs> How embarrassing. Possibly one of the best Doctors of the newer series. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's it only ever really went downhill after that, yeah. didn't it? I mean, Tennant everyone loved, but he was he was sort of the fanboy. Matt Smith liked his first series, but everything after that's just been so watered down and awful. That I think that's a lot to do with Stephen Moffat, though. Yes, it is. I despise sharing a name with him. Okay, oh, is it spelt the same way? No, it's okay. not. Mine's PH, his is V. Okay. So mine's clearly the superior that's way right. to spell the it. more sophisticated way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, we we already talked about Iron Man three. Obviously, I don't think we have to talk about Thor: The Dark World. No, Thor: The Absolutely Boring Tripe World. Yeah, yeah. With the like you said, basically, if you feel compelled to watch Thor two, don't advise your doctor immediately and take some pills, <laughs> some Valium or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Watch the movie. That has the same effect. Yeah. Except. <laughs> And as you said, it's got the weird blood tornado thing. And yeah, it's got the blood tornado. It's it's crap. Yeah. It's it's so boring. It's a miserable movie. It's got one of the worst plots I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I just think it's a gigantic waste of time. It doesn't. Like Chris Hemsworth's not allowed to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But it does like it, it doesn't introduce anything new or well, or special about the main character. It introduced uh, the um the other Asgardians, didn't it? The fabulous whatever they were, the Oh no, they were in the first were one. They? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. As big a role as in Thor the Dark World or Yeah they probably get a bigger role in, in Thor too. Well no in all fairness. In the first Thor, they're the ones that um, that go with Thor and Loki to uh, oh, what the hell's it called? The Frost Giants were oh, yeah. um, Jotunheim. Yeah, that like they go with him to Jotunheim, and they're also the ones that you see confronting Loki after Odin goes into the Odin sleep, oh, yeah. and then they come to Earth at the end right. for the yeah. final battle thing. But yeah, no, the, I'd, I'd say them and definitely Heimdall are are in Thor The Dark World more. Although, then again, it's it's such a vanilla, meandering plot that basically goes, Oh, by the way, you know the Tesseract? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's more of those. Here's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a very poor movie for such 
a great cinematic universe. Yeah, it's 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 on the strictly avoid list. Yeah, it's the <laughs> Jurassic Park three oh, of the Marvel God. movies. Don't even mention Jurassic Park three. Alan, <laughs> not even Sam Neill could save that movie. No, such a shame. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll probably never show up in any of the Jurassic World movies. Uh, yeah, uh, and as well as that, William H Macy. Your mic's dropped out, or... Oh, is my mic gone? Yeah. I didn't hear anything, I just what you said. Oh, sorry, man. Um, Yeah, William H. Macy. Yeah. I was in Jurassic Park 3 as well. Good God. Yeah. What the hell? Like, it's... uh, Like, what a waste. But, yeah, anyway, yeah. So, Thor the Dark World. God awful. Don't watch it. (laughs) Don't. Give it a miss. Basically, all you need to know what happens is... Mad crap happens. There's another Infinity Stone, uh, and oh yeah, Loki took over Asgard for some yep. reason. And at the end, because everyone thought he was dead, uh, that's it. Yep. And blood tornado. And blood tornado. You have to know that. Uh, yeah, that's that. They'll be on the test. That's the blood tornado. That's the best part of that movie. Indeed, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> that's saying something. Yeah. But yeah, so. 2014, man. What a year yeah. for Marvel movies. Oh, my God. Yeah. We only got two movies. Well, I suppose we normally only get two movies from Marvel a year. But we had two great movies. Well, we got we got three in 2017 for the first time. Did we? Oh, uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Um, yeah, we, we got um, Guardians 2, yeah. Spider-Man, and Thor Ragnarok. That's, yeah. That's correct. But yeah, 2014. Yeah. Absolute belter of a year for Marvel movies. Yeah. Captain America the Winter Soldier. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, which I thought, what the hell? Yeah. For Guardians of the Galaxy. But obviously, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there when, after we talk about Cat. arguably one of the best Marvel movies ever made. Yeah. <sighs> Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh it has that grounded realistic feel of the likes of the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy but it it has fantastic action sequences the bit where he's fighting the Winter Soldier after the uh, the freeway chase and like he does this really cool thing where he flips up the knife catches it with the other hand and tries to stab him like like the choreography is so perfect like the the part where he's fighting uh, Bartruck at the start on um, the Lemurian star which is a clever little nod for all you comic book geeks Bartruck the Leaper Bartruck the Leaper and also the Lemurian star but um, yeah like that great fight sequences because I think the guy that played um, Bartruck he was an MMA fighter maybe or something let me check I know he's like a He's a fighter of some kind. But, yeah, like, the, the choreography's so good. The storyline's so good. Uh, introducing uh, the Falcon. Yep. That's... In one of the best ways possible. Yep. Uh, 
what the hell else? Yeah, the the entirety of the Winter Soldier's plot. Yeah. Like, find out Bucky's still alive, and now he's got a robotic hand. Uh, the scene with Arnim Zola, uh, yeah, yeah. like because that's computer. the closest they could do yeah, to, the, to doing Ar- Arnim Zola yeah. in the comics. Giant, which is having them on the the big tape, like magnetic tape yeah. rails from the seventies. So that, like it's crazy madness, yeah. but somehow it works. Uh, what the hell else? Robert Redford, like uh, Robert Redford. Oh my god! Like again, there was another Marvel theory that was going about when this movie came out. Yeah. Which was he was supposed to be the Red Skull? Yeah, because obviously there's there's a comic book that ends with a character much like Robert Redford's character leaning against a window. The way that Redford's character does it in Captain America, yeah. Whenever he says that line about Captain, in order to build a new world means tearing the old one down, yeah. And that makes enemies. Like in the comics, there's there's a scene just like that, but reflected in the window is the Red Skull's face, oh. much like Loki at the the end scene of. Uh, of the first Captain America, I think it is. Or no, it's it's the end of Thor. Where yes. like you see uh Doctor Selvig. Yeah. And like you see him look into the reflection and Loki standing there. They did something like that with uh Red Skull in the comics. And everyone was losing their minds going, Oh my god, Robert Redford's gonna be playing the Red Skull. Yeah. No he's not. He's no. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna be a Hydra agent. Like they didn't even. Oh well, still yeah, works. They didn't even make him Zemo, but they figured a way to do that anyway. So yeah, probably a better way. But yeah, uh, like Robert Redford is a fantastic actor, yeah. and like even casting him as uh, what is he the director of Shield? Um, like because he's above so. Nick Fury. Uh, what was his character's name? It was like Alexander. Alexander Pierce. That's it. Um, yeah, but I've no idea what the hell it was. Like he was check. the head of the Triskelion or something like that. Like, but yeah, like having him in it is so perfect because it really adds to that whole political thriller seventies movie vibe that they're going for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's disguised as this comic book movie, which yeah. is disguised as an action. Movie. Yeah. Um. It just says he's a shield official. Shield official, then. Yeah. So I guess it goes, like, what? Agent, then, what? Director of shield, uh, and yeah, then, yeah, I guess. shield guy. Cause I, I'm, I'm head shield guy. Man, Because Nick Fury's the director of shield. Was. He is, yeah. Um. Fury, Nicholas J., that's right, Nicholas Joseph. And of Fury. course, <coughs> and of course, like an, another uh, couple of bits of of Winter Soldier that are so perfect. Yeah, the fight in the elevator. Yeah. Oh man, absolute beauty of a fight sequence, and then also Nicholas Fury, Nicholas J. Fury's yeah. uh, own little car chase yeah. sequence. Yeah, so good. Which is really the only time that. Samuel Jackson that's the first time that he gets a big action sequence like that in the movies yeah um, and basically if they ever want to reboot Knight Rider all they have to do is hire Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> well I mean they did that with Fury didn't they because yeah Hasselhoff played Fury at one point but... yeah like how, how ironic would yeah. that be <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair 
Samuel Jackson is Michael Knight. Dun 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 d